I was just like sitting there like uh yeah, I what totally spaced <laughs> <laughs> we both just sit there in silence for like five minutes <laughs> I, i'm like waiting in anticipation for you to say clap <laughs> <laughs> oh boy awesome hello everybody welcome back to game devs quest podcast chronicling mine and taylor's journey into game development of course i'm rhett yeah welcome i'm taylor Thanks for joining us this week. Try, I think like we started off talking and we were both sounded a little bit tired. Rhett stepped in some cat vomit. Uh, so I wasn't sure about how today's going to go. But uh, right before we started recording, Rhett's like, yeah, we're going. So let's keep the energy up. Let's make it a good one. Yo, bro. That's all I know how to do. Yeah. <laughs> Ball of status. Blow <laughs> G. All right, Rhett. So... What's up, man? I haven't talked to you all week. <laughs> Dude, I know. And we had sort of uh, talked about like trying to make a commitment uh, towards, you know, trying to put in some more hours together and all this sort of stuff. And God, day in, day out, it would get to the end of the day where I had to make the choice between, you know, doing some work for myself or shooting you that text message and being like, yo, man, uh, do you got time? Yeah, and I, I, I'm really regretful to say Taylor knows this. The viewer doesn't, or listeners. Uh, I didn't send the text messages. To you. <laughs> it's all good, man. Um, now, when you say work, are you saying like game dev work or something different? Because if it's game dev, like there's that argument for learning on your own, you know? Yeah, and that's totally and actually, cool. And actually, um, I sort of mentioned this off the air. I I won't say that I met my goal, which was doing some game dev, I believe. Yeah. Uh, what was it? An hour of game dev twice this week. Right. So I won't say that I met that goal. Um, I thought about it a lot more, and actually, I had a lot of fun sort of like dreaming up more ideas and also like thinking of ways to implement something. And I kind of got like re-sparked, like we had talked about at the beginning of the podcast, like weeks, months ago. Um, or actually, I think one of our latest episodes that just dropped uh, talked about this a little bit, like uh, the benefit of like educational games. Yeah. And you were talking about like wanting to like make a historically based game. And I said like one of my passions has always been like wanting to make like a choose your own adventure book that like could be used in schools yeah well um anyways i had uh, i got far cry primal this week nice um because it was on sale for playstation 4 and i don't know if you're familiar with this one yeah i mean i um, i looked at the trailers and stuff and it and it looked pretty sweet <laughs> Yeah, so it is pretty badass. Uh, probably, I also got four with it on sale, Far Cry 4, which I haven't played. But, like, obviously Far Cry 1 was pretty groundbreaking. Far Cry 2 was pretty cool when it came out. Um, 
And actually, like, I still enjoyed playing Far Cry uh, 2 every once in a while. But, um, but this one, it's different because it's, like, takes you to this, like, fictional land that's, like, 10,000 BC. Yeah. And you're, like, a caveman, like, fighting to get, get territory, like, from other cavemen. And there's, like, lots of crafting and stuff, which is cool. Anyways, the point being is uh, I only got to play it for about 30 minutes or so. But uh, it, like, really inspired me to, um, like, revisit that, like, historical, uh, like, choose-your-own-adventure thing. Yeah. Um, and, of course, like, one of my, one of my, like, big goals with that one is, like, the Oregon Trail, obviously. But it was, like, really fun, like, kind of taking it back to, like, the caveman stuff a little bit. And, like, dreaming up a story that could be, like, educational to see like to show kids and stuff like or like young adult like middle school age Mm -hmm. you know uh people like how these people lived and like went about their lives and stuff so i had a lot of fun like kind of toying with that nice dude and uh and i kind of got back into the habit this week um since i'm on my google pixel um yeah (laughs) i kind of got back into the habit of like taking notes on my phone uh, with evernote Uh uh-huh which obviously, like, I had access to on my iPhone 4, but let's get real. Like, I'm not going to... My iPhone 4 just, like, sucked. The screen sucked. I couldn't see anything. Typing was miserable. So now that I got a little bit more room um, on my screen and a uh, screen that's not cracked and also battery that lasts all day without having to plug it in every 30 <laughs> minutes... Um, I've been taking a lot of notes, like way more regularly. Nice. Uh, hey, weren't yeah? So weren't you talking to me about that? Um, basically, like laptop shell you can get, where you plug yeah, your phone that into shipped, it. Oh, did you get it? That shipped this week. I I haven't got it yet. I should have it like any time. I'm like super excited. That's so cool. So basically, you like plug your phone into a laptop that is just like a keyboard and monitor, right? And then and battery, and, battery, and then you just. It's like you're on a laptop, but you're on your phone, mm-hmm. which is super legit. And yeah, I could see how uh, I'm super excited. Yeah, there's obviously like could be a lot of drawbacks to it because I did. Uh, this was a Kickstarter campaign, but uh, it was one that I like after reviewing a lot. I felt like the price point was pretty good to help these people like pursue it Mm -hmm. and they had a working prototype you know so it was like all right cool like the price point is pretty good i think cost me like 100 bucks or something like that not bad where they were they were going to retail for like 200 um when they you know if and when they ever manufactured them right and um and they've been pretty good about communicating all of their updates and stuff like that and um i'm going to be in the first 500 uh, received. Oh wow! So I get a, uh, yeah, I'm gonna do like an unboxing <laughs> on Skype. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, looking forward to getting that and testing it, and especially now that I, you know, I was kind of dreading it at first because like part of part of the being the first 500 is like doing the unboxing and having to show these guys your initial experience on Skype. Well, and I didn't have an Android, you know, so that's kind of why. June ended up being the month that we made the leap because it was like, well, fuck, I'm going to get this thing. And I really wanted to be the first 500, but I can't be if I don't have an Android. Yeah. Um, so 
I am excited for that, dude. And uh, supposedly the battery life, obviously, being just a shell, uh-huh. is going to be like pretty outstanding, I hope. Like they were talking like maybe 18-hour battery oh, life. Oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, could, could be totally different. Um, sure. But And then, of course, uh, they're working on uh, developing the interface and making sure like everything's like really good. But uh, yeah, it shipped on Monday. So I should have it like any day they did. Uh, they shipped all of this stuff from their factory overseas by boat. So it could take, you know, up to seven days. Yeah. But, uh, well, dude, seven business days. So now what you got to do is find an IDE to put on your phone so that you can plug in and program whenever you're anywhere. <laughs> Dude, for real. And actually, I was thinking that, like, because oh, I've been all over the place in, in this, like, rant that I've had talking about my week. But so obviously, like, my hang up this week with getting work done with you has been work, work, regular work, mm-hmm. bill paying work. And it all started last weekend where uh, I don't want to go into detail. Obviously, uh, the listeners, always, whenever my job comes up, uh, but I have a business that I run. That that oftentimes has me sitting in my car for long periods of time, <laughs> um, doing nothing, and uh, that's where this like whole kind of re note taking phase and like dreaming up this game thing phase came from. And I was thinking about that, like I was like, oh man, if I had this thing, like I could be looking up, you know, um, some apps or IDE or whatever to work on uh programming more yeah i was pretty stoked on that um yeah i so i've i've never put an ide on my phone i don't even know what's out there or if android has something specifically for c sharp um but there's got to be something even well i uh, i could i mean if i had decent connection you know i imagine i could just go to .NET fiddle true like yeah I mean, unlike you, I have data. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I have data available. I'm just a cheapskate. <laughs> so I have it off all the time unless I really need it. Yeah. Well, I don't blame you. It's an expensive world out there. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of been my week in a nutshell. And then I've probably had like four days. Well, let's see. Yeah, four days since last Friday where uh, I've been back home um, probably after 2 a.m. Dang. After being up at 6 for work. <laughs> Ugh. So. Yeah, pretty rough week. It's been busy. Yeah. That's why I said when I stepped in Luna's cat vomit, I was just like, yep, that is the metaphorical equivalent of my week right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang, dude. I'm sorry. Well, at least you're uh, thinking of ways to kind of incorporate game dev into your regular activities, you know? For sure. So, kudos on that. Um, my week was interesting, too. Um, I didn't have near as much time for game development. Uh, my wife got back from Canada on Saturday, uh, and I was up at a wedding at the time. Uh, on Sunday we started fostering a kitten. Uh, oh, fun. <laughs> which has been kind of a roller coaster, but it's been good. Uh, 
How's Otzen handling it? He is okay. Um, it's really cute. He's just asleep on the floor right now, just completely sprawled out. But uh, the kitten is really tiny, and we have him kind of separated in our room and bathroom most of the time. And then Otzen has, like, the rest of the apartment, which is pretty big. But I think he's used to having our room as, like, his cave, you know? And yeah. uh, so... I don't think he likes it that much, and I think he's pretty confused. Uh, we've introduced them a couple times, and Otzen is like... First, I don't think he even understood that it was another cat. Uh, and then once he kind of realized that the the cat's name is Walter, uh, <laughs> little Walter, like, after they saw each other a couple times, I think he realized that Walter was a cat. And Walter's like, you know maybe two pounds and Otzen's like 14 or something. So he's like seven times as big and Otzen's scared of him, you know, but yeah. So it's been different. Like me and Allie are trying to make it so that neither cat feels kind of left out. And so I've been pretty much, uh, on Otzen duty. And, uh, so I've been sleeping on the couch this week, uh, which has been okay, but different. And uh, I've been staying up later because, you know, we have responsibility with both of them. The Walter's been kind of sick a little bit. Um, he has, like, really goopy eyes, and so we have to, like, give him medicine and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. we, we don't – we're not sure. He may have ringworm, <laughs> which would be oh, horrible. Um, so it's been kind of weird. I, I'm not sure what's... I mean, he's so cute well, how, and... How long have you suspected him of having ringworm? Because it shouldn't take that long to manifest on you if yeah, he has it. I mean, he... I don't know. Alia thinks he might have it, but I don't I don't think he does. So we're actually having the lady come over today to take a look at him and see. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have a lady that's like well, the that's organizer good. and stuff, so... Dude, that shit's like the worst, man. <laughs> uh, one time my little brother... He uh, was, like, out playing with a bunch of, like, neighborhood cats uh-huh. and then, like, came in and, like, we all got it from him. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's, like, the fucking worst, dude. And at, like, one point I had it on, on, like, freaking six or seven different spots on my body. Oh, jeez. You just uh, you have to take medicine or you, like, put something on it? No. Supposedly, I mean. Just, like, fungal cream uh, or whatever. No, supposedly just like normal soap and water showers works. Oh, really? You just have to be careful. Yeah, you just have to be careful the direction that you wash because like water can spread it, obviously, because it's, it's basically what it is, is it's athlete's foot. Yeah. It's the same fungus that causes athlete's foot. I see. Um, which obviously is spread by moisture. Yeah. Um, but I didn't ever take any medicine. I just did normal soap and water showers, but you have to like wash from like top to bottom, yeah. which is what I do anyways, sure. you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Tell us all about but, your, sh- your shower rituals, right? Yeah, dude, I start at the top. I put <laughs> shampoo in my hair and then I let it sit. Like this is <laughs> okay. the key thing I've learned in old age. Like I, I put shampoo in my hair first and then I let it sit while I wash my whole body. Yeah. Like I used to never do that, dude. I'd have like shampoo in my hair for like two seconds before I rinse it yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Or you wash your body first, 
and then you put shampoo in your hair and it ends up going all over your body anyways. So then you have to kind of like rewash your body. It's not as efficient. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I'm saying that's not the way to do it. Shampoo in the hair first? No. <laughs> I'm saying like oh. it's wrong to do the soap <laughs> first and then put shampoo in your hair. Because it, it, right, you, right. you're right. You always got to go top to bottom. Yeah, dude, for real. Okay, good. I thought you were. I thought we were gonna about to get into a shower oh, argument yeah. right there. Oh <laughs> uh, well, we can, but no, we're we're good. We're on the same page. Yeah, dude. So. And then I, you know, I just I dig into all the cracks and crevices with some soap. And... Yep. I like how I was just like completely joking, and we ended up tangenting. Tangenting. Oh no, dude! Like I knew you were joking, yeah. but I saw an opportunity and I seized upon it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rhett loves um, talking about his but body. Yeah. You could. They do have like antifungal cream. I think if you were, you probably should apply some like after a shower. Yeah, I, I probably did. I don't remember. I it was. Uh, I was like in seventh or eighth grade. It was like the summer between those. Yeah, and it was like sucks, and it left scars on my body because I scratched it so much. Oh but, dang! Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of, kind of gross. Yeah. So I don't know. We're a little bit worried, like, about Otzen getting it too. Uh, but so far, Otzen's been fine. So, anyways, what I want to know yeah. is how does the fungus know to like create this like perfectly circular, like, yeah, thing on, on your, your skin? body? Like, yeah, dude. I don't know. What is the genetic programming of that? Yeah. <laughs> like, how does it just be like, here is a perfect, and they literally are pretty fucking good circles. Yeah, I don't know, man. So weird. Same question as like crop circles, right? No. No. <laughs> crop circles are obviously real navigation system yeah. for extraterrestrials. Uh-huh. Don't be so dense, I, Taylor. I know. Sorry. I'm just. <laughs> So uh, here's what. So you guys are just fostering the kitten. So how long, uh, like, do you guys plan on having it? Well, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> it really just depends. I think um, the lady that's like running it um, said it could be anywhere from like a, a week to a couple weeks, <clears throat> even like a couple months. It just depends on like um, when they're wanted, basically. So I mean, we're we're going to keep them like as long as we need to, I guess. Obviously if we go to Japan, I'm not really sure how that's going to work, but, uh, so yeah, well, he'll be with us for a little while. Um, and I mean, there, there is that option of like keeping him too. So, which I, I don't know right now. It's all, it all depends on how Otzen takes, takes it, you know? Cause if Otzen. Yeah. See, and that's the one thing a lot of cat owners don't like, See, I'm glad, dude. You sound like a responsible cat owner. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, because and that's... so many people have cats, and then they'll have one cat, and they just think about how happy one cat makes them, and they're like, I'll be twice as happy with two cats. But it's like, what is the effect of that second cat on your first cat? Yeah. And Otzen is a little bit younger than Luna, uh-huh. but Luna could not do a second cat, which like breaks my heart, but yeah. she just can't. Unless like we had a bigger house, and we were able to like separate them for like at least a month or two. Mm-hmm. Until they got used to each other, but yeah, like that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, and I'm finding it to be a lot of work. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like the whole point was because Otson's 
he has some behavioral problems and um, people always say, get another cat, you know, uh, he'd get all his playtime out, you know, they'd have each other to kind of hang out with. It wouldn't be so lonely and everything. So we just kind of thought, well, we can try it out and, and do something for the community at the same time. So, and Dude, I, I imagine, I dig it. I imagine when, assuming we just foster him, it's going to be pretty hard to let him go, but we got to do what's best for well, for Otson and the family. So, yeah, my uh, my buddy from my other podcast, Chaotic Amateurs, he uh, <clears throat> he fosters like difficult to home dogs, uh-huh. usually like pit bulls and stuff like that, uh-huh. or like really high energy dogs. Yeah, uh, and he only really has them for like maybe a month at most. Yeah, before they're rehomed. So right, it's kind of cool. It's a good thing to do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, People should just really spay and neuter their fucking pets, God, but know. hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was part of my week. Um, let's see. Early part of my week, I spent uh, some time on Rock Zom's stream, which was fun. And he's, like, growing in popularity. It's kind of cool to see him see him go. Um, Badass. He's got a fun stream. Yeah. it's it, the, What I like about it is, like, the level of community. And he has these people yeah. that are committed. Like, I mean, I would count us as being in that group. Uh, we are moderators on his stream, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, it's kind of cool. You know, I go in there and, like, people recognize who I am. They'd be like, what's up, Game Devs Quest? Or, like, one guy, Cian Lane, he's always like, hey, Taylor. <laughs> Even though <laughs> I'm signed in as Game Devs Quest. But, yeah, it's kind of just fun. And, and I really appreciate him, too, because he, you know, we we tuned in for the first time when he had like three people in his stream, you know? And, uh, Mm -hmm. and so we've seen it kind of grow and he's always like shouting us out. Like whenever I hop in the stream, he's always like, Hey guys, like game devs quest is here. Check out their podcast. They've been with me since the beginning and stuff. So it's pretty cool. So you guys, anyone listening, uh, you might, you might know us from rock stream, but if you don't, uh, check out, check out rock stream. Uh, twitch.tv slash rockzom r-o-c-k-z-o-m pretty cool guy yeah and if you are listening if you are listening and rockzom sent you our way man give us a shout out on twitter and be like yo rockzom sent us yeah for sure like hell yeah dog uh so that was kind of fun it's always cool hanging out in there um and then i did spend some time doing some brick breaker stuff i'll get into that a little bit later uh last night we spent most of the night um going to Home Depot and getting an air conditioner, <laughs> which was oh. not that fun. Uh, you got to buy air conditioners after the summer. Yeah. I mean, it probably was more expensive. Uh, Way more. But it was only, it was 279 which I don't think is that uh, bad. What? Damn, dude. I'm sorry. What? I mean, hey, I, I will say like... The comfort, though, is like what's what's important. So if it saves you discomfort this summer, how why how much do you like, pay for your? Do you have one? Yeah, dude, I've never paid for an air conditioner, and I've I have two. <laughs> what? Yeah. How did you not pay? Did someone just give it to you? I get yeah. I pay attention on like on like social media when people are like, "Hey, man, this is gonna go to Goodwill. Somebody wants to pick it up." Oh. Well, I'm not as thrifty as you're at. 
I am a no. I am a, you are. That's why I'm amazed. No, I am like, a cheapskate, but I usually do things like I don't know. I don't buy used very often. Yeah, um, I do. I don't know, but I'm poor. I'm really poor. So uh, no, no, and, and I will say this: like two seventy nine, it's new. It's out of the box. It probably lasts you a long time if you take care of it. Is it a floor unit or a window unit? It's, like, yeah, it's the portable floor one with like a hose. Good. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. So that you get in a little bit more like, um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say oh. convenient. Yeah, ease of use. Yeah, I guess. Oh, I, I said um, BTUs, but <laughs> but ease of use. Oh, BTUs. Too. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I think that I like the floor units more. Yeah. Um, they're way more convenient. Well, we have uh, windows that slide uh, horizontally. Yeah. So we can't really have those yeah. other ones. Um. Exactly, and that's what I mean. Like you'll get more use out of this in future homes and all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, I was more upset at how annoying it was to configure honestly it wasn't really that hard but the instructions were terrible and they said it would only go up to 50 inches and our windows are 58 but they gave us like this other extenders they gave us extenders but they in their like configuration they they didn't have one where it used all of them and i was like well i'm just going to use all of them but they didn't give us enough screws to do it so I found another screw that fit in it and uh, got it working. So, but Dang. it was kind of it was kind of annoying, well, but I think it'll be better uh, for us, especially yeah. since it's going to be 100 degrees tomorrow. So yeah, and that's kind of what we're looking at because we're uh, leaving for this weekend too. So it's like I got mine out and put it in the window. Yeah. And granted, like one of mine's really old, but it's got some cool features on it. It's got like a shut off timer. It's got a start timer. So like. Usually what I do with it is, uh, like, have it, you know, time itself to start, like, an hour before I get home from work or something like that. Yeah. Like, which is usually, like, the hottest part of the day. Right. Um, yeah, I think ours, so I'll have to kinda, figure out that, too. Ours has that kind of, those kind of settings, but. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't mean to give you shit over 279 That's <laughs> That's a pretty good price for a wall unit like that. And, uh, and, uh. You know, you get the peace of mind of and comfort. That's yeah. a big thing. Like, you got to do like the cost benefit analysis. Like, obviously, you're not going to go without an AC and hundred plus degree weather. Well, we've done it our whole lives, so it feels like it's about time. So, yeah, dude, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with comfort. There's really not. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on since Rhett berated me, but uh, <laughs> I said there's nothing wrong with comfort. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just like, it just blew me away. Like, I learned something kind of new about you that I didn't know. Well, okay. I'll put it this way, too. I think I would be fine not having one since I've never had one. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when the wife says she wants something, it's usually time to get it. Yeah. I was kind of the same way. I never had an AC (laughs) until I was married. Yeah. Yeah. So... In fact, I would never turn on the heat in my house. No, dude, I, <laughs> like, I never do. I, I, I pinch pennies everywhere I can. So, I and I'm yeah. the kind of guy who will unplug the toaster when I'm done using it. So, well, no shit, you're supposed to do that anyways. No. Well, I didn't know anyone ever. That's who just did safety. That. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, you've known me for nigh on a decade now, and I do that. Well, I didn't know that, Rhett. 
I unplug a lot of shit when I'm not using it. Well, that's good. I'm glad you do that. That's just safety. Is that like electricity or is that safety? I, I don't know. <laughs> We're going in the weeds I, here. I, I know, we really are. But uh, anyways, uh, the other thing I was going to mention was, uh, I don't know how much I can say really, but uh, this week at work, something cool came up that uh, made me happy about my job. Uh we may be doing some VR kind of stuff at work. Oh, yeah. So I don't know how much, how involved I'll be in it, but being like an IT person, uh, I've been sort of tasked with doing some research. And so I got some cool stuff. I really do. I don't know if... I think you said you do, you've do. you done Google uh, Cardboard before. Do you have one of those heads or like the actual cardboard piece? I don't have the cardboard, but I have a basically like glorified one. It's like was ba- I, I don't know. It was like sold. You know, it's like one of those things like in the front of the pharmacy. You know, like oh, oh yeah, <laughs> when, you're, when checking you're checking out, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it you know, um, so it's like it's literally just like a glorified Google cardboard. You set your phone in it, and it's got headphones, and it's like got a strap to go to your face. Like I've used it a couple times, mm-hmm. and Pixel. Uh, is actually like was one of the first phones. It's like Google Daydream, because um, Daydream I think is like what it, what it is. Like not well, cardboard I think is Daydream. I don't I don't know how that works to be honest. But I have an app called Daydream, uh-huh. and it's it's their like one of their VR apps. It's like pretty fucking cool, and I've toyed around with that. Nice. So uh, yeah, well, I've been. It's kind of cool. So I don't know. It's not the best. But yeah. It's neat. Well, and, and you know we've talked in previous episodes about how cool vr is but how inaccessible it is to to at least with like the vive and oculus rift and stuff so yeah the price point yeah i looked up a little bit about uh google cardboard and they have like the blueprints for making it for making the cardboard piece yeah and you have to buy a couple little things like you need two lenses and stuff but um so i'm thinking i might try and build one myself and then like there we go. Unity has stuff for Google Cardboard. We could try and make a game out of it. You oh, know? hell yeah, dude. And uh, so I looked into that. That was pretty cool. Um, just kind of excited about that. And it gives me kind of an excuse to do game development related stuff at work, which is really cool. Uh, so anyways, I'll see see what happens. I might be able to report back on that when we have a little bit more information that's out to the public. But anyways, um, yeah, so my week, I guess, other than that, related to game dev, uh, I did work a bit on Brick Breaker, my Brick Breaker game that I've been working on. Um, I added some power-ups. I think the only one I added this week that I didn't talk about was uh, Sticky Paddle. So I made it so if you hit the power-up, the ball will stick to the paddle. You can kind of catch it for, I think, five times in a row, which is kind of cool. Um, but then the the big amount of work I was working on this week was I thought it'd be really cool if I could procedurally generate the levels so that I don't have to go in and design them. Um, and the replayability would be much greater because every time you play the game all the levels would be different however 
I'm having some trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I got it to uh, randomly create bricks um, in the positions that I mainly want them. Although one issue I'm having right now is that there's like this overlap where bricks will spawn kind of on top of themselves. Mm -hmm. And I'm having a hard time figuring out how to stop that. Like one, one idea that came up after Googling quite a bit was using ray casting, which basically allows you to pick a point and say like, look in a direction um, for this many like units and see if you've collided with anything. And so I set that up to um, go to the spawn point that it's randomly generated and then look, you know, in all directions, basically like left, right, up, down and check if it collides with anything. Cause if it collides with anything, for a certain distance, that means that it's spawning on top of another brick. But that seemed to like make it happen less, but it didn't actually fix the problem. Um, so I'm kind of at a standstill a little bit there. And the, the other thing that I found with it was I basically was just telling it to randomly generate um, like XY coordinates and mm -hmm. at first it was like doing just any kind of coordinate that it wanted. It could be completely <clears throat> outside of the main grid that I wanted to have. Um, and so I ended up having to basically build a coordinate system that is just a multidimensional array holding the, the possible coordinate values that it can use to spawn at. Um, that, Cause like, if you go into the brick breaker game and that I've created and you drop a brick in the scene, uh, it, if you hold down control, it snaps to these different points, which makes it so that all the bricks can be like on the right alignment, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I want them to only spawn in those kind of snapped points, uh, for the grid. But before I created this, array of all possible points it could spawn in it would just be scattered everywhere and it looked really terrible so i got that part worked out but then when it does just spawn them randomly there's like no order to it and so it literally just looks like you know just bricks kind of thrown out somewhere <laughs> you know it, it does it's not interesting at all so I'm not really sure how to proceed. Like one one thought, at least like um, idea-wise in my head, I don't know the algorithm would be to <clears throat> find a way to kind of make clumps and maybe maybe using some of the rules from Game of Life would allow me to do this where it starts spawning. Maybe it just spawns like 10 randomly and then it starts to kind of like spawn around those to make different clumps, which might right. be more interesting. But I don't know the right algorithm to do that. So I was trying to work on that this week, but that um, I was only doing it like half an hour at a time, which is tough. 
being distracted with all the cat stuff this week was kind of tough. So I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm like, well, I've spent quite a bit of time on this. I might just like put that on the back burner and try and finish the game so that I could put it up on itch.io and say I completed a game, you know? So that was pretty much my game development work this week. It was pretty fun, but also kind of frustrating. So anyways, sweet. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> what else we got? I can keep talking since that's, that's what I do. I guess we're going to go. <laughs> All right. Cue that music. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. Um, I don't know if you've checked out butter, butterscotch shenanigans yet. Uh, but, Oh, I, I did try to get that, but for some reason, like it wasn't working on my phone. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. It wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like, uh, you know, manifesting in my list, huh. whatever the word yeah. is. <laughs> That's weird. Not manifesting. But... I know what you mean though. Um, well, I, I'm still kind of like binging on their podcast. I think I'm on episode like 35 or something. Um, and it's cool hearing them talk about their progression, but I, you know, for the last couple of weeks that I've been listening, I'm just listening. I'm not like actually going out and looking at what they're doing. And this right. week I went and downloaded all of their games, uh, on the Google play store. And it's cool. Like getting a point of reference, you know, cause they talk about all their characters and like the different mechanics in their games, but when you just imagine it, it's different than actually playing it. And uh, some of them are really cool. I mean, they're all they're all cool, but uh, they have kind of their earlier games are one called Flop Rocket, another called Roid Rage, and they're kind of these I don't know basic games like the the Flop Rocket games, kind of like Flappy Bird, but you right. uh, you're with one thumb, you like hold your phone horizontally, and with one thumb, you're kind of positioning this rocket. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thumb, you're like giving it thrust, and then it has to kind of like navigate through this cave system. And uh, if you hit the rocks or whatever, you blow up, and then you start over. Um, that one's really hard, but it's kind of fun. The one I really like is Roid Rage, and it's basically. Um, you have this spaceship that's at the center of your screen and it's flying around in a field of asteroids and you just can kind of like move the way that the the uh, spaceship is flying and then you try to collect their resource, which is called juice. And uh, you just get, for every juice you collect, you get a point basically. And it's just all about like playing it and beating your high score. And there's there's yeah. something about it. It's a very simple mechanic, but it's really addicting. Um, and that one's my favorite that I played. Uh, but it it was one of those things where like these guys last year released this gigantic game called Crashlands, and you know oh, only a year or two before that they released Roid Rage, which is something I feel like we could make. So it's pretty inspiring. Yeah. Br- Dang, dude. Crashlands got a 9 out of 10 on Steam. Yeah, it's actually... 73% on on uh, PC Gamer. It's pretty crazy. Dude, it's on sale right now. Is it? How much is it? Six bucks. No, oh, I think I'll buy it. It's not too bad, because otherwise it's 15. 
Yeah. Whoops. Um, Speaking of Steam summer sales, but I know. Yeah, we should talk about that too. But uh, yeah, Crashlands is kind of like um, 2D Minecraft with a story. Maybe Terraria in there, Craft too. Craft battle and quest your way through Crashlands, a story-driven crafting ARPG overflowing with sass. Yeah. <laughs> they literally, they said um, that it, the game itself would be, like, the size of the Netherlands, like, the map. So, like, imagine just walking across the Netherlands. Like, you could do that in the game. In a day. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Netherlands but, isn't that big. Well, I know, but <laughs> it's that's still the map is the side of Rhode Island. <laughs> either, either way, dude, like that's a lot, uh, especially. No, for it a is. Th- that's a, that's pretty amazing, especially for a three-man team. Um, I get it. It's just being a dude. I know, which is nothing new, by the way. Just kidding. <laughs> I know. This game looks pretty great, man. And it, what's funny is like you've you mentioned that game, and I have I've. Uh, I've heard of this. Like, I never looked it up, but I've heard of this. See, and that's how I felt, too. So, I heard him talking about it, and I was like, Crashlands, that sounds so familiar. But, yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, that was fun. It's really cool seeing them progress. Um, you should. Are they basically a better game devs quest? Probably. And one of them had cancer, so <laughs> I mean... they have a... Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they have it. The... The whole thing with Crashlands is basically um, one of the brothers had cancer and they had been, two of the brothers were working on games together. They did, you know, Flop Rocket, Roid Rage, another one. Are they all three brothers? They're all three brothers, yeah. So this is like Game Devs Quest meets My Brother, My Brother and Me? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's a fantastic story altogether. And so one of the brothers, so it was a two-man team. One of the brothers gets cancer they start making this Crashlands game to kind of like help them through cancer and they just like completely get in the game, you know? And then the other brother decides he wants to spend time with his brother that could die, you know? And so he yeah. quits what he's doing and joins their team. And then they are just a video game studio now. It's like, wow. <laughs> well, Taylor, one of us needs to go cancer. <laughs> God. It's the only that's the only takeaway from that story that I got. Yeah. <laughs> I always think I have cancer, so we're partway there. Yeah. You're a hypochondriac, man. I know. Well, I don't know if you really are, but that kind of sounds like a hypochondriac. I'm a little bit of one, but I don't know. Yeah, so anyways, uh you should you personally, Rhett, should install Roid Rage because I think it is something we could, it, could is make. this stuff on itch.io or where can uh, I find this? It's on Google Play. Um, oh yeah. Oh, it's all mobile games. Duh. Yeah, most of okay. these are mobile games. Crashlands can be mobile and it can be PC. They actually made the system that syncs their games together. So, like, if you have the game on PC and you also have it on mobile, it'll sync with each other, which is pretty cool. Cool. Um, I will. I will play that. That sounds. That sounds like a really cool game. Yeah. And uh, I got their podcast to. Initialize manifest yeah. <laughs> on my phone, so nice. I'm gonna check it out. I'm not a weirdo like you. I don't go through podcasts that have more than 100 episodes chronologically. Um, I would advise 
Cause... I would I would start with the first one, honestly, though. I'm gonna start with the most current one, Ugh. and then right, you're killing and me. Then no, this is how you listen to podcasts. You like <laughs> you start with the most current so that you can engage with the community, uh-huh. and then if you like what you hear, you go back to the beginning. And you start listening through, and every time there's a new episode, you listen to the new episode as well. <laughs> That's how podcasts work. All right. Do you think would people come to find our podcast if they start at the beginning? Probably not, but I would. Because, <clears throat> like... Um, you're unique in that, I think. Especially... There are podcasts that are meant to be listened to from the beginning. Any sort of, like, story-based yeah. podcast... Uh, like any D and D playthrough, yeah. probably play through the beginning. Yeah. Um, maybe. Well, welcome to Nightville. Yeah, that one you can jump know. in anywhere, but I still start from the beginning. Yeah. I just like, I imagine though coming into our podcast, like you would see no growth. <laughs> you you would miss so many references. You know. Right. But you jo- you start at the beginning. We only have like twenty something episodes. Yeah. Right now. Uh, well, not even all of them are released yet, but you jump in, let's say you start on episode 20, which is like right around when we do the VR thing. And they're like, oh shit, this, like, this is dope. Like, this is what these guys are doing. And then they go back and they, maybe they'll pick one other episode from the back catalog and they're like, all right, cool. And then they go to the beginning. Like, that's what most people do, I think. Yeah. Well, good thing. But like, if you think about a lot of podcasts, see, like this, it makes sense. Like podcasts like ours, it makes sense to start at the beginning. Yeah. Maybe a podcast like Butterscotch or Coffee with Butterscotch or whatever. Yeah. Um, they, um, maybe it might make sense. I haven't listened, so I don't know. It, it, but yeah. if you are going with something that's been an institution in the podcasting community for five years, like there's no way you're going to start at the beginning of you know, episode one of 700, yeah. you know, like you just got to forsake those and maybe cherry pick the ones that seem interesting True. to you. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. It's my style, dude. I don't blame you. I, I think it's pro- partially probably the podcast that you listen to as well. Yeah, it could be. I think that's probably fostered that. I don't listen to many that have more, like this one might actually be the longest one. Like coffee with butterscotch. One of the longest ones. Although that's probably not true because uh, common sense with Dan Carlin is like 300 some episodes, and I only have like a certain number available to me, so I pick the earliest one that's available to me. Yeah. Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> oh Taylor! Yep. We've been friends for a long time, and I'm still learning things about <laughs> you. Uh, yeah, you don't know all my little like OCD things I do. I'm learning. It's actually it's actually fascinating. And I, I was I was sort of thinking this the other day, like because it, it's it's cool because our friendship is interest, interesting because because like it started obviously when I was like very young. Yeah. And uh like I was like what, like seventh grade when I met you, eighth grade we were in band, like more often because of drumline. Then like my freshman year in high school uh That's when we like, became we friends. were bros. Yeah. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like always kind of like big brotherly. And I always like, you know, you were like a role model. <laughs> Your good behavior was like a, a role model for me to behave good. Um, and so like there's still parts of that in our current friendship, you know. And then when I discover like something about you that I'm like, 
<laughs> you know, yeah. it's so strange. Oh, yeah. It's really strange. That, uh, What's funny is... It's a good thing, though. Yeah. What's funny is, I don't know. I think maybe it's also because you're very vocal about things. I feel like there are little things that I can learn about you, but I just feel like I I know you so well and know how you'll talk about things and know how you'll like react yeah. to things. They're like, there's not much. I'll just say there's nothing that would surprise me about you at this point. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, yeah. No, I dude, I'm, my my life's like a freaking open book, yeah. like. I, and I am like I, I think it is part of that like vocalness. Yeah. It's uh Well and I I'm I don't really like <laughs> keep the other you know, I don't know, it's weird. The other thing about our relationship that is different than some of my other especially some of my newer friendships, is that like I think for us, you've always been like the funny guy and you've always been like <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this on the podcast we have? before. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe briefly. Go ahead. But yeah, go ahead. you're like, like you're the guy who, if we if we met new people we didn't know, you would be the one who totally like led the conversation and like you know we're cracking jokes <laughs> and people would think you're funny and whatever. And I'd probably just stand there and like not say very much, you know. But then like some of my friends nowadays, I. Th- and they might disagree. Maybe it's my perception is wrong, but I feel like I'm the funny one. <laughs> and I I can totally tell that when I'm with you, I don't feel as funny. <laughs> and I, I think it actually makes me less funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, even like listening to some of the stuff I say on the podcast, like I might laugh or whatever, but then I'm like, I'm I'm just not funny when I'm around Rhett. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know why no, that that's is. That's not true. I mean, you're funny. <laughs> that's not true. You're funny. Science. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I. But see, I consider that like kind of like a failing in my own personality. No, like, it's. I don't I don't think so. Like it kind of in some ways and don't take this the wrong way, but in some ways the way you are kind of reminds me of the way my uncle Dan is. Not in like any of the ways that are like, you know. <laughs> he said some pretty bad things, <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> The way you are reminds me of the way my uncle Dan is. <laughs> You're a Trump voter. <laughs> no, well, I mean I know you're not that, so, but, but you know how he is, like, he gets into a room, and he's, like, the funny guy who just says random stuff, and, like, everyone, like, listens to him, and, like, whatever, I just think you have that aura about you, whereas I am much more, like, I don't know, shy, and don't know how to, like, articulate, yeah, much more reserved, so, I don't know. Well, and it's, and it's interesting, and it's, like, uh, it's interesting because I know now, like, and in, in this, like, you know, uh, new era of our friendship, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, I, I've never quite really known about a lot of your insecurities. Yeah. I mean, I have, For and sure. I haven't. Like, yeah. 
you know? Um, <laughs> and I, th- and I think like your reservation in these like scenarios, like, I mean, I think it gives you a freaking, I, I don't know. It's, I don't want to say like a shield cause I'm not saying it's a defensive mechanism, but it's like it, uh, it gives you this like air of like confidence. And I know you are like, are a confident guy and you can be a confident guy, but like I'm saying like these, these insecurities that I haven't really known about since you've like, I only learned about them because you talk about them on the podcast yeah. and stuff. <laughs> uh, like I wouldn't have known it without the podcast. It's like, because, because your, your reservation in those things, like it gives you an air of confidence and uh, like sureness, you know? Um, I think like, I, I, I don't have that. Like, I just talk. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I am just a pretty pretty good at faking it. And we talk about imposter well, syndrome all the time. Does. But yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm very good at being an imposter. Dude, I don't want to derail the podcast, but since we're already there, like, dude, I've had like the worst imposter syndrome ever this last week. Really? Like, in, in every aspect of my life. What? like why yeah right. i don't I, I don't know what thought started prompting this but i okay i have always been like fairly confident that like stranded in the wilderness i could survive mm-hmm. like i could survive like which is like a really arrogant thing to say right but <laughs> i know i could right like but... <laughs> you everybody says that though right every single person says Stranded in the wilderness, I could survive. I couldn't, though. Well, maybe... <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe not you. No, I'm kidding. I'm sh- I'm sure, like, with a little bit of, like, preparation and study, like, I've had a lot of practice yeah. with the Boy Scouts and all this sort of stuff, like... um, But then I was seeing the other day, I was like, man, that's a lot of overconfidence. Like, what happens if I really get stuck in the woods and I'm just, like, cocky about it? And uh, And I always do this where I, like, check my arrogance a lot because it's like I can be... I definitely don't think I'm arrogant, but I definitely, like, know what I'm capable of. And oftentimes, like, with the imposter syndrome, it's like what I'm capable of is also, like, a little bit more than what I think I'm capable of, you know? Like, if that makes sense. So, like, sometimes I have a tendency to, like, overshoot certain things. So I was analyzing this, right? Especially, like, I don't want to get political, but watching the video of the uh, the Philandro Castile shooting and then like every freaking radio host like ever analyzing it and and a bunch of people said like you know it's like yeah in those situations like you know i wouldn't have shot that guy or whatever like everybody says it and probably mostly true and i'm not trying to detract whatever but think about any sort of situation where like your nerves or your whatever come into play yeah um and all of us say like oh we wouldn't do that we wouldn't do that um, especially like, oh, if you're trying to do it, why would like, you know, you're trained to handle it this way. Like, how don't you handle it that way? Blah, 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 blah. But I I started like, that sent me in this downward spiral of all these things. Like, I'm like, oh man, like I couldn't survive in the wilderness. Like, oh man, I can't do this job. Oh man, I can't do that. I'm like, I'm not as smart as I think I am. Like, <laughs> like, and this week has been the worst, especially, okay. Like coming back from that, but, uh, towards, um, God, I don't know, dude. Like, it, it, like, uh, what's the word? Like, your your mindfulness, your wakefulness. Like, I've been 
you know, you posted that like daily stoic thing the other day on Twitter, yeah. and it, it kind of had me going through and and reading. Um, I don't know, like excerpts from like the Enchiridion uh, thing, which is like, yeah, I don't know what that uh, is. It's one of like the main books, like the Stoics read. That's kind of like the Spark Notes version of like Meditations, and then the other big one. Okay. Uh, do you know, know who's by? Anyway, I was like reading stuff from that. What I said? Do you know who is by? Is it Seneca? Right, so it's like cliff notes of meditations, and then whatever the one oh, that Seneca I see what does. You mean. Okay, gotcha. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. Uh, sorry, I couldn't remember Seneca's name. Uh, the Enchiridion of Epictetus. Oh, Epic. Yeah, Epictetus, I think. Yeah, Epictetus. Um. Anyway, um. So I was, like, reading through that, and I'm like, dude, like, okay, sure, I think I'm mindful. Sure, I think I'm different than other people. And me and Bailey kind of had this, like, weird argument the other day about people who think that they're meant for greater things. And I sort of made the argument that I think everybody is meant for greater – like, everybody thinks that they're meant for greater things, right? Like, otherwise, like, what is life? Like, the dream is, like, what gets you through your daily grind. Yeah. Um, and, uh – and I started thinking, like, yeah, I obviously believe I'm meant for greater things, but, like, what sets me apart from other people? Like, almost nothing. <laughs> and then I found this, like, overwhelming, like, sort of just like, oh, geez, uh, dude, I'm just a drone. I'm a drone who, like, thinks, yeah. like, who has the dream. You know, it's like the Matrix, yeah. right? Like, like the ignorance of your situation is, like, what lets you, like, gets you able to, like, live your life better. Yeah, well... <laughs> I don't want to roll down the like religious path or anything either, but like if you start to think about everything, right? Like mm-hmm. the most humbling thing is like realizing that you don't matter at all. Like like even even think about these people in history that we we all know about, like okay, Julius Caesar or something, right? Like Pretty much everyone knows who Julius Caesar was, or they've at least heard his name. But what happens when, like, the human race is extinct? No one will ever remember that person. And since they've been dead for, like, millennia or even millions of years, it's, like, it mattered in in the present, in the time, and that was it. Like, yeah, you know? So, and I think that's part of mindfulness is like being in the present, not focusing on mistakes you've made in the past, like not worrying about the future because you're taking care of what happens in the future by taking care of what happens in the present, you know? Right. See, and that's, I guess that's part of it too. Cause, and I've been getting a lot of anxiety. So I, I read this beautiful book not that long ago and it's called Station Eleven. Have I talked to you about this book? I don't book? think so. Holy cow. So it's a, it's just one of the most beautiful books I've ever read pretty much about the end of the world mm-hmm. uh a new strain of flu comes out of eastern europe and pretty much kills 99 percent of the population within the span of like a week or two weeks or something mm-hmm. like in in two days like like you know 50 percent of the world's population it was infected um and it kills you like instantaneously pretty much but it's this beautiful book that the difference is, is like it, it's not focusing on 
like the post-apocalypse and it doesn't necessarily focus too much on like the really horrific details of it um, like a lot of books do um, it focuses on like the relationships of these people and like the mundane lives they led mm-hmm. up until the world the moment that like none of that mattered your corporate job didn't matter. Yeah. And then there's a part of the story arc that takes place 20 years after the plague. And there are kids who don't know what the internet is. They're like, what? You held, You could hold a block in your hand and you could look at any, like a picture of anything in the entire world. <laughs> you could talk to someone on the other side of the world and then adults are like, yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's beautifully written because it doesn't focus on the horrific details. It focuses on like the relationships and like the and and, and sort of like the weird beauty and like these the mundane aspects of these people's lives. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking yesterday because I had to drive to the airport last night, um, and I was thinking like while I was waiting there, I was like, what if like some fucking horrific natural disaster happens and I like can't get home to my wife? Like the cell phone towers are knocked out. Like what happens? Like, I don't have a plan for that. Like, does she know to, like, I'll just try and, like, hoof it back home? Like, because that's what I would do. Like, I hope she doesn't come looking for me and then we miss each other or whatever, you know? Like, all these weird aspects of, like, just your life being, like, ripped apart by something completely (laughs) out of your control. I know, man. (laughs) Have been, like, plaguing me this week. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Well... Yeah. No, I I shouldn't be thinking about it because it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Dude, when I was in... When I was in high school, dude, I, it's like, I remember, um, like, your your parents are kind of this example, right? Like, where, I remember one time we asked you to go camping with us, and you were like, I just, I don't want to ask my mom, because she's going to lecture me about how dangerous it could be. <laughs> and And I was like, well, yeah, I guess it's kind of dangerous, but like... It's weird because I was thinking about this the other day. Like, we sit in our houses, we do all this stuff, and it's comfortable. And this is part... Uh, oh, God, it's spiraling out of control, Taylor. But I'll I'll, I'll, I'll keep this brief. Uh, like, everything we do... Like, our world is so fucking dangerous. Like, you get shot... You could get shot in a routine traffic stop by a police officer. That's... I guess it keeps coming back to that thing. Yeah. I was watching that video and I was like, dude, the life fucking ended at a fucking traffic stop. Something yeah. as mundane as a fucking traffic I stop. That. And I was sitting in my car the other day, just sitting there. I'm like, somebody could come over and for no reason just blow me away and they might not even get caught, you know? Yeah. Like, or I could be sitting at the airport and the fucking natural disaster could happen and the roads could be split in twain and I could not be able to get home to my wife very easily or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, you know, something as mundane as crossing a river, which we do dozens of times a day if you drive somewhere, could be, like, really hard because the bridges all collapse or whatever, you right. know? Um, um, shit, where was I going <laughs> Yeah, and the whole camping thing. Like, yeah, camping's kind of dangerous. People do it all the time just by keeping their wits about them. You know, but then how many people, like, slip up and, like, die uh, you know because they fell down a cliff or something stupid happened you know it's like damn it man yeah <sighs> and i used to be the guy who like i was like whatever that's not gonna happen like you know just keep your wits about you and i i definitely do practice over preparedness yeah like that's just how i am in general not, and not in a like doomsday prepper way but in a uh in a uh like if i think something's gonna fall off the coffee table i scoot it 
further into the coffee table, yeah. you know, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, if I think my cat's going to chew on a cord, uh, when I'm done with it, I pick it up and I put it up so the cat doesn't chew on it. Like that sort of yeah, shit. You sure. know what I mean? Like, um, but I've always been the guy who's like, oh, well, yeah, we could die in a car accident any day. So I'm not going to worry about that, you know? But now I kind of like every time I buckle up my seatbelt or if I get out of my car, I can't even start it without buckling up my seatbelt because I'm like, what if I get in a car accident? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm thinking the worst of like every situation. Oh, man. <sighs> well, yeah, that's how I it's been a rough that's week. That's how I feel all the time. So <laughs> we at work yesterday, we were talking about uh, an a- what would happen if an active shooter like came into the office. And right. I think about that way too often. And actually, I don't know if it was, I think it was this week. On Sunday, I rode the bus to work. And on my way home, like I left the library, I go to the bus station. And as I'm walking like across the street to the bus station, there's this really loud like pop sound. that almost sounded like yeah. an explosion. Like it was really loud. Yeah. And it creeped me out just hearing that but the thing that freaked me out the most was everyone like there was probably like a hundred people at the bus station everyone like winced from it and then a bunch of people just took off running um i saw people get on the ground like taking cover there was one right. there was one kid i think he may have had something wrong with him you know but he like fell on the ground and like covered his ears and was like crying and his dad was like trying to comfort him and like shit it was freaky dude like i think a car just like backfired or something you know or a transformer could have blown yeah that happens a lot yeah something like that you know but like it's true though that our society is just on edge We, we well, have, and it's strange because here in the United States, like we feel really safe. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like, I mean, we're safe in a lot of places in the world as long as you exercise a lot of common sense. But it's that aspect of like that. That's kind of what I was thinking about. It's like when shit hits the fan. It's like I always feel like, you know, I could be okay because I'm a halfway smart guy. Like I'm not a fucking genius by any means, but it's like I have common sense more than most and so but and you watch these horror movies where people start making decisions they're not horror movies but like disaster movies where people start making decisions and uh you know one guy thinks like no no way man i ain't following that advice i'm gonna go do my own thing and then he dies immediately or whatever you know and i think about that like in the world like think about all those people like over in syria dude God. like half half of fucking aleppo is just a fucking pile of rubble yet people still live there sometimes yeah like, it's just... Oh, I know, man, it's, it's crazy. crazy. But it's that aspect of, like, you know, it's that quote from Men in Black. A person is smart, but people are dumb, uh, panicky animals, and you know it. And that's that situation. Like, that pop happened, and, like, it probably wasn't, like, a freaking... You know, logically, you could be like, all right, it's probably not, like, a freaking terrorist bomb going off or anything. Yeah. But then people start panicking. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit! I know, <laughs> you know. But if you looked around, if you look around and you're kind of freaked out about it, and then nobody, everybody else is just acting normal, you're like, okay, yeah. Oh, it was nothing. <laughs> like, we're good. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's strange, like, because we're both like, we're you know, we're not idiots, yeah. <laughs> but 
we're still prone to that like herd yeah, that herd. pack mentality. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how a stampede happens, you yep. know? Like it happens with people and it happens with fucking animals. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Trying to overcome my animal instincts. It's rough, man. Oh well, yeah, it's man. Rough. Get into some stoicism, meditate. I I was thinking kind of the same thing uh earlier this week that I just am too stressed and there's no reason for me to be stressed. I need I need to I need to just chill, spend some time meditating. Um Yeah. Bringing this back to game dev, I feel another reason I really like uh butterscotch shenanigans is um they talk a lot about stoicism as well. <laughs> uh it's kind of on the rise. It dude. is on the it's, rise. Uh, it's like it's like the Western equivalent of like Buddhism yeah. almost. I'm finding Yeah, for real. Um and the the guy who has cancer, you know, gets really really big into stoicism and I, I'm very impressed with how he handled everything. Like like uh he he quotes his grandfather like several times and you know, his he'll be talking to his grandpa and his grandpa's like, So, you know, like what's going on? And he's like, Well, I'm gonna go in and have like a uh bone marrow transplant. Uh, hope it goes well. And then his grandpa's like, well, I mean, does it matter either way? And he's like, huh. Yeah. I, I guess not. <laughs> you know, and then he's like, right. whatever, it's just cancer. He's like, it is, he keeps saying like, all it really is is just like going to the doctor like a couple times a month. Uh, and it's just kind of annoying. And that's it, you know? <laughs> so That's a good outlook. And see, that's kind of the way I view stuff too, but. It's different when it's happening to you, I guess. Yeah, for you know? real. It's hard to like stay in focus because, and that's I guess where this is all stemming from. It's like I live in this bubble, where I can go to the supermarket and I can get food and I can sit in my house in my pajamas and know that like nothing bad's gonna happen to me until you know I'm done. Yeah. At least you know I can play video games and be comfortable, like you know. Yeah. Well, I've... and all this sort of stuff, but it, you know, and I don't think bad things are going to happen to me. Yeah. I, I never in my day think like, I'm going to get cancer someday. So I should probably start eating healthy now instead of like, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> I don't do that. Yeah. And it's weird. And it's unsettling when I do think about it. Yeah. I think I think a lot more about this kind of stuff now than I did really ever before, just because I don't know. I feel kind of creeped out in Eugene, to be honest. Like, yeah, there's people walking around my apartment complex that I don't really want to be near, you know, like right. there's people in my and work see, that like all around my work that I don't want to be near, you know, and it, it yeah. always just it gives me anxiety, you know, and like I'm always like thinking about ways like they could get into our apartment, you know, uh, trying to like secure it and everything, but. I'm sure nothing will happen, but no, it won't. again, it's always good to be prepared. It's just strange because our parents raise us, yet they raise us in this like bubble of safety and security. Like they don't want us to know. Yeah. <laughs> so then you get to be an adult, and you're like, wait a minute, security and safety is an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> like, like locks only stop honest people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know. like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. 
Debbie Downers over Seriously, here. Seriously, dude. We're... I think I'm going to have to take this opportunity to do some meditation yeah. and recenter myself. Because <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. We, we start the podcast the and we're like, we're like, it's going to be, you know, all excitement. We're going to you know, keep the energy up. And then we're talking about like everything not mattering and like how all these really depressing things. I, I do think if, if somebody out there is listening and is going through sort of like, and, and I won't say that I have anxiety over it. It just, uh, it has, and I used to not be this way until I got married. Now I'm like, I'm part of my responsibilities is like another person. And not that like I own Bailey or anything like that, but like I do worry about her safety and I'm as, just as much as she worries about mine. And uh, it's weird. I used to, I, you know, when you're not married, you only have yourself to worry about. And so a lot of shit doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. Or come up. So I don't know. I don't have like panic attacks over it and I don't have anxiety. Like I don't have severe anxiety or anything about it, but then it does occupy my thoughts a lot, at least this week, <laughs> at least <Yeah>. this week. <laughs> so, and if anybody else is like listening going through the same shit, man, it's just, uh, you know, I think it's, it's cathartic. Whoops. <laughs> it's cathartic and uh, therapeutic, you know, and useful uh, for somebody who's going through the same thing to be able to hear it and be like, oh, okay, I'm not like, I'm not the, I'm not alone in this right. or I'm not the exception. Um, For real, man. Anyways. Well, I was going to ask you about Steam sales, but we're already at an hour and 15 almost. Yeah, we should just wrap this up. Yeah. It was a good podcast. We talked about uh we talked about life and some other yeah, shit. Yeah, for real. So um well, yeah, let's just wrap it up. We can do challenges later. Let's let's just have a joint challenge of working together twice this week. How about that? And I got a I got another challenge for you. Oh. I mean, how often do you eat breakfast? That's what I want. I eat know. breakfast every day. You eat breakfast every day? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> was that your challenge? Eat breakfast every day? Yeah, I was going to say make breakfast at home every day this week. Yeah. Uh, the one day that I am usually bad about is Fridays because I wake up at like six wake or up. something and play games with Danny. And then right afterwards, I do podcasts and whatever else with you. But today I ate. So. But yeah. Well, good for you. Challenge <laughs> completed. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh... Awesome, guys. Well. Let's wrap this up. You can, you guys can uh, always reach us on Twitter. We're at GameDevsQuest. We love uh, engaging with the community and doing all that stuff. Um, you can email us, gdq at airpodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash airpodcast. And, uh, Follow us on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash GameDevsQuest. Bada bing. Bada boom. Bada boom. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Two damn yeah. music.